2: So, today is a holy day. I don't know if you knew that. It's Nicolina's birthday.
3: Yeah, I want to wish a huge happy birthday to our good friend Nicolini Savoncini.
2: One of our favorite listeners to the podcast.
3: I can't tell you how close of a friend Nicolini Savoncini (laughs) is to me. And I want to wish her a huge special happy birthday. From her old pal, Cody.
2: Um, I thought that a good birthday gift for her would be to let her have the night off and to invite our very first millionaire as a guest on the podcast.
3: That's true. I, I was floored when I found out that my celebrity net worth is... What was it? 19 million dollars?
2: 19 million. By the way, my car just broke down. Can I borrow a couple of bucks? I,
3: The people making that website are like, yeah, he probably uh got paid 6 million an episode for ghosts
2: for ghosts. Yeah. yeah. Totally makes sense. <laughs> Welcome back to Paranormal everybody. I'm Marie.
3: I'm Cody Crane.
2: <laughs> As you can hear, Cody is joining us for Nicolina's very special birthday episode. She's not here. She's in Newfoundland or Newfoundland. And uh, so, obviously, the third Paranormy had to join me to host. I,
3: I like how you corrected yourself, too. You said it the, <laughs> the you said n- Newfoundland at I first. I did.
2: I did. It's um it's a uh, I need to break that habit because when I talk to people from there I get in trouble. So. Well,
3: yeah, because you sound like a person an old person on their porch that doesn't like that place.
2: Yeah, but I I do like it. It looks beautiful. But <laughs> Sorry, Well, yeah, guys.
3: that's where our good friend Nicolini Savoncini decided to celebrate her birthday today.
2: Nicolini Savantini. <laughs> um i'm excited to have you on because for many many months nicolina got to host with you week after week while i was on my maternity leave and i would listen to those episodes and be like man they sound like they're having so much fun without me <laughs> what
0: if
3: what if we don't hit it off at all like we're just awkward <laughs> silences constantly Ooh. we just can't can't work it out <laughs>
2: Too bad man <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess we'll just jump right into horoscopes here. I'm pretty excited uh, to hear what mine is today, but I'll start with yours. Okay. If that's okay with you.
3: You remembered what my horoscope was and everything?
2: Yeah, you're a Libra. Um, oh my
3: god. You didn't even ask me beforehand, and I did. Cody, an
2: I'm your biggest fan. I literally <laughs> asked you for your autograph at Comic-Con. <laughs> i'm a real fan of yours also my son is a libra and i'm always like so is cody crane
3: (laughs) okay yeah well we're family (laughs) we're brothers (laughs) we're brothers
2: yep yep i also gave birth to cody crane (laughs) okay think before you act today libra rash moves are likely to get you into trouble an annoying interruption in your daily routine could throw you off guard. I, I'm i w- willing to bet that it was me asking you to be on the podcast. <laughs> it <laughs> really did to, throw me
3: through a loop today. <laughs>
2: it did. Sit down and think about the situation before you act too hastily. Bumps in the road are often messages from the universe that you're moving too quickly and carelessly. It's time to slow down.
3: You know, it's funny. Like, when we were organizing this today... Mm-hmm. Um, I I was gonna be like, give you a hard time, like okay, let's. I think I can do it. Let's do eight o'clock. But I was like, I'll keep you posted, kind of thing, right? Yeah, I, yeah. And I d- I thought about it. I didn't act rashly. I didn't have mm-hmm. you, uh, um, waiting. I hope.
2: No, 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 no. I was just watching Ninety Day Fiance when you texted me.
3: <laughs> you weren't just at the computer staring at the screen waiting for me to pop my head up. <laughs>
2: I mean I was but, <laughs> but prior to that <laughs> I was deep into a 90-day fiance hole.
3: <laughs> I I haven't uh watched that show but I've seen clips, right? Like I've seen of course like the big ed.
2: Uh, He's clip. I I'm not a fan of big ed. I know people really like him. I've seen some TikToks about him as a person. I'm not. What's a fan
3: not to of big like ed. about him? He has mayo in his hair.
2: Uh, it might be the Schmachul Schmaltz that, that people don't like about it.
3: <laughs> um. Allegedly,
2: I don't want to get sued here. Allegedly.
3: Um, mm. Yeah, and I guess that does take away from putting mayonnaise in your hair.
2: Yeah, it's like it doesn't. the mayonnaise doesn't make up for that, you know? Right. just helps with split ends. It doesn't help with trauma that you've caused other humans. Well,
3: <laughs> Marie, I'm like, I don't know much about the show. I've seen big That's Ed fair. clips. And then you're yeah. like, you're a piece of shit. That guy, no, no, no. he's an asshole. No. And you should feel bad for saying you watch those clips. Well, I'm sorry that I watched whatever popped up onto my YouTube.
2: <laughs> you should be so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that Marilyn Manson pops up on my Google searches. So you... It's fine. <laughs> Stop
3: trying to trap me. You know that I liked Marilyn Manson as a kid. You're trying to bring that out in me right here for the podcast.
2: As Nicolina, I don't like
1: him anymore.
2: As Nicolina's birthday gift, it is my job to trap you today on this episode.
3: I thought I was safe. I I thought the podcast was a safe space without Nicolina. Nicolini, sorry. I don't want to mispronounce her name on her birthday.
2: No, definitely not. (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's get into this Gemini horoscope. I want to know. I want to know because right. today was a bit of a whirlwind for me. I'm going to be honest. Really? Well, yeah. let's see
3: if this uh, takes... Mine kind of sounded like a whirlwind, which it wasn't really.
2: Okay, but it could... sounded like a busy day. Like from what, the messages you were sending me, it sounded like you had a busy day, though.
3: And imagine I was just laying down on the couch and then I just put a shirt on and came to the podcast. But I was like, I need to see important. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you put on a full tuxedo <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well I did dress up for this um, It says Gemini Not to worry about not being on the right path Because you are You seem to always be in the right place at the right time There's no need to feel regret or shame About things that have happened in the past Turn negative experiences into lessons for a better future even though you may not be able to change a certain situation, you can at least change your reaction to it. Okay. Dig deep into matters of the heart with a... S- oh, this is an ad now. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Look we'll that out.
3: <laughs> um, Should I finish the ad? Do we get paid for that?
2: <laughs> no, we don't get paid for that. <laughs> um, I mean, I would say that this is pretty true. Not worrying about being on the right path. Being on maternity leave and away from work for like almost a year definitely switches your brain into a mode where you're like, what am I doing with my life? Like, what? why am I not following my dreams of becoming a pop diva? And why am I working at an insurance company? <laughs> but um, but um, it's good to know that I'm on the right path and I'm in the right place at the right time. So that's lovely. Uh, yeah.
3: So, like, you know, no matter what the obstacle is ahead of you or mm-hmm. no matter what goes wrong, it mm-hmm. is the right path. That's reassuring.
2: Absolutely. Uh, turning negative experiences into lessons for a better future. Sure. I mean, even though you can't change a certain situation and you can at least change your reaction to it. Definitely. I've definitely today been like, okay this situation I may have reacted to differently a year ago. So I think I've learned from those lessons. And I would say overall, this horoscope was a, I'd give it a seven out of 10, seven and a half out of 10.
3: Was I supposed to rank mine?
2: No, you don't have to. This is the first time I've ever done Two. (laughs) But yours was accurate. Right. Two and a half. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh,
3: no, yours, yours was very positive. Yours was very um, yeah. reassuring, too.
2: It definitely was. Anyway, um, so I decided today, I have a story for you. Obviously, that's what this podcast is about. Um, mm-hmm. And I decided that since you're a big, fancy, famous, rich celebrity, that I was going yes. to do another celebrity ghost story for
3: now you. Now you're speaking my language. My <laughs> peers... Let's see what my peers think about ghosts (laughs) and what happened to my co-workers.
2: Yeah, well, let's let's talk about it because I've got one for you. The last time I told you a ghost story, I think it was about Joey Lawrence from Brotherly Love Mm -hmm. and also of the hit TV show, Melissa and Joey. And uh, this time, though, this is a this one's a heavy hitter. This is a heavy hitter. This is Melissa. (laughs) This one's a heavy hitter. I'm going to do the story of when Carrie Fisher had an experience with a ghost.
3: Mm. Mm -hmm. So Star Wars.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I was just going to say, for those who don't know who Carrie Fisher is, first of all, shame on you. Uh, she's
3: from Jane Silent Bob Strike Back <laughs> Second
2: of all, she was an actress a screenwriter and a novelist and obviously as Cody mentioned she was best known for her iconic role as Princess Leia in the original Star Wars trilogy which I've never seen I've never seen any Star Wars movies so there's that what I've never seen a Star Wars movie ever
3: what do you know Carrie Fisher from then
2: I know that she's Princess Leia
3: like okay. you
2: know, like I know <laughs> that there's,
3: there's some script. Um, I feel like I found this out recently where Carrie Fisher like punched it up or something or like helped really? it out or like it was a big script. like she she has some big writing credits.
2: She well she I yeah, think. I didn't realize that she was a screenwriter before I did this story again. I feel like she's obviously most popular for Star Wars, and I because I wasn't into that uh, world, I just uh, really missed the mark on, like, other things that her and her co-stars did. Um, but one of her most dramatic experiences took place off-screen. A friend of hers named Greg Stevens was, as Fisher describes quote, a Republican gay drug addict, which is an unusual, this is still her quote, just so everyone knows, which is an unusual combination, but he was a lot of fun, which was surprising given what I normally would think a Republican would be in terms of fun, end quote. (laughs) Um, And then she goes on to say his, or then she goes on to tell us in her story that his family lived in LA, but he was at odds with his family, so Carrie's house was his home. He came out to L.A. for the Academy Awards because he wanted to go to all of the parties. He had arrived on a Friday, and they went to a party together. Carrie ended up going home earlier than Greg did. He came home afterwards, and he had also brought his assistant and his friend, whose name was Judy, with him. He slept in Carrie's bed, and they let Judy have the guest room, which is where he normally would sleep when he moved in with Carrie. So Carrie says that this is the first time that he had ever slept in her bed with her, and that it was the last time he ever slept in her bed with her. Carrie woke up in the morning and um, tried to wake him up, and he wasn't waking up. So she walked over to his side of the bed, and she was shaking him, banging on his chest, and he wouldn't wake up. Greg had unfortunately passed away in Carrie's bed that night. She said it was horrible. She had called 911. But by then, she was paralyzed, she said. The New York Times reported that Gregory Stevens had died of heart failure and he was 42 years old. Carrie blamed herself for his death because it had happened on her watch, is what she said. I obviously don't blame her for that. And she thought that if she had woken up earlier that it wouldn't have happened, but I also don't. I don't think you can blame yourself for something like that. So... After a while in the house, after he passed away, there was a really strong sense of a presence in the house. It was like it was she said it was just like a heavier feeling. Um, and she said that she could just feel that there was something in the house. So she would come home and she would say, hey, Greg, I'm back. And she also said, quote, you would walk through the air and it would feel like liquid almost like you were walking through some kind of aura. End quote.
3: I think she just needed a dehumidifier.
2: It could have been that too. Yeah. <laughs> very soon after, noises started happening in the house. Carrie was dating someone for a very short period of time, and she had told him about the noises, and he thought that it was like ridiculous. But something so then Carrie says that there was something that was making a noise that they had no business making so I don't know what the noise would be but she said they were making a noise that they had no business making and um, she said to the guy that she was dating Greg is haunting me and he didn't believe her and then the noise started happening in front of him when he came over and he was freaked out so that was when she realized That it was definitely something. It wasn't just her. It wasn't her just thinking something was happening. Something was definitely happening.
3: You know, it's interesting because when you hear the noise that it has no business making.
2: I want to know what it is so badly.
3: Yeah, my mind doesn't go anywhere for that. Like, it's not like, oh, it must be this or it must be this. Like, I have no idea.
2: My mind immediately was like, are they making sex noises at her? (laughs) Like, are
3: they... Oh, they're like mimicking her, her sex noises?
2: So maybe that, or maybe like just their own. Like, I don't
3: know. <laughs> well, that's a perverted mind, Marie.
2: <laughs> it is. Or maybe fart noises. You never know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you have no business making those flatulence.
2: <laughs> How dare you in my home? <laughs> so one night, Carrie was in her room, and it's the same room that Greg died in. And it was really, really late at night. She was writing, and she had this. So she had this little audio toy. Her and George Lucas both had them. They they saw them in a store. It was like a little gag toy. They thought they were hilarious. It was just a little black box, and it had a one button on it, and um when you would press the button, the toy would say horrible things. And then she like gave examples that it was like, you're an asshole. Fuck you. Whatever. Like it would just say stuff that a ghost just, would have
3: no business saying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just rude stuff. Um, and she had left the toy in the room next to her in the that room's closet. Um, and that was the room where Greg used to stay and where all of his belongings were still in. And through the wall, she heard the toy start talking. It really scared her. She didn't want to go into the room. She stayed in her room and she tried to calm herself down. And she said that once she had calmed down, it happened again. So she was obviously quite frightened, but she just knew that it was Greg. She had a feeling it was him. And then she tells us that both times the little toy said, Are you talking to me? <laughs> Which makes me laugh. <laughs> so it's just so a she, De Niro device. Right? <laughs> Sidebar. My dad looks just like Robert De Niro. I have to send you a photo. Of him. Are you kidding me? Yes. I'm please. not kidding you. I will. <laughs> so she ends up going into the room even though she was really scared and didn't want to um, because she was getting freaked out and she just wants the toy to stop. She's, because it's starting to repeat itself and she's, she's getting scared. So she goes, she gets the toy and then out loud she tells Greg to stop it and it's not funny. Then the toy again (laughs) blurted out, are you talking to me? (laughs) Which makes me laugh. (laughs) And she dis. she explained that this toy was the kind of thing that would say like a number of different things. So you would press it and it would be like you're an asshole or you'd, and then the next time you'd press it, it'd be something different. Right. But it was consistently saying to her, are you talking to me? So that freaked her out. She definitely thought it was Greg. Um, Carrie ends up telling the editor of her book about it. And she said that Carrie should maybe talk to a psychic that she knew. This isn't something that Carrie would normally do, but she put her in touch with this woman, and Carrie decided to talk to her. Carrie was crying during the conversation, and the psychic told her that Greg had been pulled out of life so abruptly. He was in his early 40s, he was very young, and she felt like he was in distress, and that he didn't expect to be leaving, and that part of him was still in the house. And a part of him was even trying to sort of enter Carrie in a way— Because her distress was a manifestation of his distress. And she basically thought that he was trying to stay here, like earthbound, by staying in Carrie. For some reason, Carrie did not think of this as a bad thing. Because if that was me, I'd be like, no, (laughs) you're not allowed. (laughs) She said she didn't want to have an exorcist come in to make Greg leave. She said that it was completely okay with her that he stayed, and she thought it made sense to stay around where you're comfortable and to stay around those that you love until you can accept things and move on. And that was that. She let Greg stay in her home and just told him that he could stay. He just had to stop scaring her. And who knows if he's still in that home or if him and Carrie moved on together. But that was the end of her story about her dear friend greg the ghost
3: interesting i mean it definitely reads a lot like her um like her guilt that she thought of earlier um when you were telling about it like obviously she shouldn't have that guilt towards being responsible for his death no. it, well unless you do think she murdered him i
2: don't i would never say that about her <laughs> I'm not even, Uh, like, a huge Carrie Fisher fan, but I've heard such wonderful things about her as a person. I can't. I can't even joke about that, Cody. (laughs) Like,
3: can you imagine? I mean, the the thing that really, really sucks about being single with a lot of money is that Mm -hmm. you have to buy a big house or whatever. Yeah. And if it's haunted, it's the scariest thing in the world. Multiple rooms... I don't mm-hmm. want to have to deal with multiple rooms. No. With. And, and I mean, this is coming from experience because I am a $19 million star. net worth star. Yeah. that That is single. That has a lot of open rooms. That are haunted. That have people saying, are you talking to me?
2: By the ghosts in CBS Ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know. and uh this house was previously owned by Betty Davis. And then prior to her, it was I think Carrie said it was the sea captain from King Kong. Was there a sea captain in King Kong? You would know you're a celebrity. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, there things. would be because
3: cause... the sea captain would have to bring King Kong from the island right to uh, New York.
2: Yes. So before Betty Davis, it was the the guy who played the sea captain in King Kong. He owned it. So she was saying, if the walls could absorb energies, like this was a star studded place. So, I'm I'm willing to bet that the next owner is gonna be none other than our friend Cody Crane. <laughs> hmm.
3: Well, I um I have a little bit of an association with uh, King Kong.
2: I love hearing your association stories. Please tell us more. <laughs>
3: Um, so this is a weird one. Uh, so I wrote an episode for this animated show at one point, And then, um, the person that, uh, did the animated show, they sent off a few scripts to, um, Kenny Hots from Kenny versus Spenny. Stop. Okay. Yeah. So he, he Come sent, on. he sent mine that I uh-huh. wrote my episode and then, um, I had, uh, Kenny ask me to write the pilot for this like it was almost like a king kong parody show and i don't want to go into too much detail because it is incredibly racist and offensive
2: okay okay Uh, thank you
3: (laughs) but which was insane so this was a show that uh the south park guys were looking to produce too okay and it was like created by kenny and then uh wanted me to take a crack at writing this pilot Which was me trying to take this very offensive idea, even for like, I think this was like six years ago. Like, even for six years ago, I was like, oh, boy. (laughs) And me trying to make this as non-offensive as possible.
2: (laughs) And they're like, no, we need it to actually be a bit more offensive, Cody.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) uh so yeah but it was basically the first episode especially was like directly like the king kong storyline
2: okay okay i'm assuming that this did this show ever get picked up
3: i don't think so i don't think it okay (laughs)
2: never heard of it i uh did you ever watch kenny versus benny like were you a fan of that show
3: oh yeah actually during the pandemic they put them all on youtube (sighs) yes they did (laughs) <laughs> so, were you
2: diving in during the pandemic? Oh, baby! I loved Kenny versus Benny. I saw them live at JFL 42. Really? Yeah, I saw them do like a not like a. I don't. I don't even know. It was just the two of them sitting on the stage, being interviewed by a guy, and then yeah, it got it got real uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah,
3: he, Kenny's intense. I've never met um Spenny? Spenny Spencer but I did see um Spenny aka Spencer mm-hmm. leave a Spencer's Gifts in Stop. So I was in Kingston in the <laughs> Kingston so Ontario literal. Mall <laughs> and Spen- Spencer Rice came out of the Spencer's Gifts wearing wearing a fedora <laughs> oh my God. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. And I also remember thinking, like his head was massive. Like in person, his head is massive. Really? Like like this guy has a big head. Oh my god! Big fedora on, and it was it was Spenny coming from a Spencer's gifts.
2: Oh my god! Spencer's
3: and Spencer and a Spencer's.
2: I am dead. Who who was your favorite, Kenny or Spenny?
3: Um it's hard to say i think that there's a lot i mean you want to i think the show really wants you especially back then like if you're watching it when it first came out Mm -hmm. you're not gonna be a spenny fan right like the show really wants you to root for kenny
2: yeah yeah
3: and i think that you every time you're like maybe i'm Maybe I like Spencer a little bit more. Like maybe I like Spenny more. And then he wins a challenge, isn't a complete asshole about it? You're like, oh no, he's just as bad. <laughs> he just worst. doesn't yeah. win.
2: <laughs> I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was under the, I was under, um, or I guess I my thought about it was I liked Spenny more, but only because like, I just enjoyed watching him more because so much ridiculously bad shit would happen to him. Mm -hmm. Or I would just be like, what is this man thinking? I just enjoyed watching him more and being like, that's never going to work. Like, what is he doing?
3: I I don't know, like, how many of the listeners... Have seen Kenny versus Spenny? Um, yeah, I don't know I don't... how far its reach was in America in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, l- listeners, let us know. Yeah. But if you are like, "Whoa, what are they talking about, Kenny versus Spenny?" Let me tell you, a lot's going to make you uncomfortable now. <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> you will not feel comfortable most of the time.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's very uncomfy, but very. I don't know. I'd really enjoy. <laughs> It was really good. But seeing them live, I was like, this is, it was like, you know, when you'd go, I don't know if this has ever happened to you. But it was like when I would go to a friend's house who I maybe wasn't too familiar with, as a as like a younger person when they lived with their parents, and then their parents get into a fight, and you can hear the whole fight. And you're just like, Oh, my God, this is so uncomfy. <laughs> like, that is how I felt during <laughs> live performance it was it was interesting oh man i know okay well this one's a shorty today um we've got some we've got some fuck mary kills to do
3: yes okay Um,
2: okay you pick yours first you go first
3: oh right we're
2: doing famous leos by the way because it's leo season
3: you know who's a leo robert de niro
2: wow okay okay. are you talking to me you're talking to me (laughs) that's my impression (laughs) mine's spot on i gotta say uh
3: (laughs) but i'm gonna do here's what i'm gonna do
2: Mm -hmm. i'm gonna do
3: chris hemsworth oh okay sean mendez okay daniel radcliffe
2: oh you stole daniel radcliffe from me Okay, well, we're going to. Here's,
3: here's the thing, right? Okay. Because this yeah. hits. So, Heartthrob, Sean Mendez, and Chris Hemsworth, right? Sure. Very different Heartthrobs. Dead, yes. Have nostalgia Heartthrobs. So, I feel like this is a tough... This is a
2: toughie. This is a toughie. Uh, it is. I uh, was a big Harry Potter fan. Um, and, I mean, I still enjoy the stories that were put out, even though J.K. Rowling is clearly transphobic um so I don't like her but I was a big fan of the series as a child and I feel like the oh, this is just, so, I feel like the lessons in the stories are going completely against what she's believing where it's like people who are different are still like valid and important and and we love them um so fuck her but love Daniel Radcliffe um and love love the story of Harry Potter and uh I feel like Daniel Radcliffe has been pretty socially uh conscious I would say um so I'm going to pick to marry him um I love him very much as a human and then I would say I will have sex with Chris Hemsworth and I will murder Shawn Mendez.
3: Canadian hero.
2: He's annoying. <laughs> annoying. <laughs> he is very annoying to me, especially when he was dating Camila, Camila, Camila,
3: Camila. Right, Camila Cabello.
2: Yeah, they. I just did. I didn't enjoy them. I. I was like, ah, these guys are so cringy. I can't watch. You're, them.
3: <laughs> you're talking to the guy that's trying to bring Shawn Mendez to comedy bar. I have a whole comedy show. Oh my god. About it. about it.
2: You know what, Cody? I knew about that before I even knew you. So. I know. I know. And then I would see these posts going nuts and people would be like, is Sean Mendes really going there? And I'd be like, I don't know, man. But they post it every week and he doesn't seem to be there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I will tell you that he did know about the show. Like he was texted about the show. Yeah, I have a mutual friend uh, with him. Okay, tell
2: me, tell me that story. I'd like to hear it.
3: (laughs) Whoa. Maybe this will come get you to come around. This is uh, this is just turning into uh, Marie wants to (laughs) hear me name drop.
2: (laughs) I I really do love those episodes. I think my favorite was when you talked about Nina Dobrev.
3: Um, yeah, so there's a like a there's a coffee shop here in Toronto, an independent coffee shop, and he would frequent there often and gave his phone number to all of the employees there and invited them to like New Year's parties at his place and everything it was like it was very nice. Like he talked to them a lot.
2: Oh, that is nice.
3: So um, someone that I worked with later on used to work there. And uh, like kept in contact, would like text him if, like when he was on SNL, I remember and stuff like that. And she'd be like, "Oh yeah, I texted him that." And then so, uh, she passed on that we uh, were doing this show or whatever. And she would come every (laughs) month too. Um, So he knew, he knew about it. He
2: knew about it. We just had to get
3: him at the right time. And he didn't
2: go though, Cody. He knew about it and he didn't go, which only further. Makes Listen, me want to kill him
3: for snubbing to, my
2: friend, Cody Crane.
3: <laughs> if we're going to get Sean Mendez to come down to an underground comedy cellar, it's not going to be during the pandemic.
2: I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to be like, yeah, I'll
3: risk COVID in this small space for this.
2: I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> no.
3: I fully believe that if Sean Mendez is in Toronto and it is convenient, he will mm-hmm. be there. All right. And then my next time on the podcast, I'll be telling the story.
2: Maybe you'll bring him along.
3: Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll have him here. And he'll be like, oh, so you decided to kill me, Marie. <laughs>
2: yeah. That's like, uh, I said the same thing about Wanda Sykes. When Nicolina said she would kill Wanda Sykes, I was like, she has a real ghost story. You can't kill her. What if she comes on our show? <laughs>
3: Wanda Sykes is my mom's favorite comedian.
2: She's great. I loved her. Mm -hmm. I'm not. This is. I'm not being. I'm trying. I'm not trying to be funny. Um, I really loved her in Over the Hedge when she was voice acting in that movie. I'm not. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm being genuine. I just
3: imagined you meeting Wanda Sykes and being like, "Wanda, I love you." And Over the Hedge,
2: Wanda, your best work, Over the Hedge.
3: She will not remember she even did that. <laughs>
2: Just slap me across the face and send me on my way. <laughs> All right, I've got some. Uh, I've got some options here for you. Okay. We've got Kristen Chenoweth.
3: Right. Okay. El- Beautiful singer. Beautiful voice.
2: She has such a good voice. Um, Elizabeth Moss. Uh, and- that's.
3: Uh, that's Handmaid's Tale. Uh, yes. Okay.
2: And Sandra Bullock.
3: Sandra Bullock. Sandra B.
2: Mm -hmm. America's Um, sweetheart.
3: So, (laughs) I mean, am I going to ruin my chance of ever being on Handmaid's Tale at this point? (laughs) Uh, Maybe. I I have not heard good things about Elizabeth Moss from people that work with her. I've only heard bad things.
2: I've only heard about her being a Scientologist, so I was like, she's out of here.
3: Oh, really? I didn't even know <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. She's, uh, I allegedly, mm-hmm. trouble to work with on Handmaid's But cast me in the show and I'll tell you for real.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, <laughs>
2: they filmed part of that show right around the corner from my house. Yeah, they,
3: they film it all here, right? Yeah. Um yeah, so I haven't heard good things about her, so okay. she's going right away. Okay.
2: Uh,
3: Kristen Chenoweth. I don't want to be around Kristen Chenoweth all the time.
2: Yeah, is it the voice?
3: Yeah, and she's got she's got a high energy.
2: Yeah, she's got for a, sure. a
3: lot of energy yeah. that I can't keep up keep up with all the time. <laughs> I just can't keep up with it. I'm just a baby. <laughs> I'm a little, little baby and I can't keep up. I got to take my naps. Um, <laughs> so, and then Sandra Bullock, absolute legend. Legend. Love Miss Congeniality.
2: Such a good movie. I Love think
3: Speed. She,
2: so good. Her and, and Julia Roberts are my favorite actresses. I can't pick one out of the two of them.
3: I can, and it's Sandra Bullock Ooh, okay. um, <laughs> demolition man, one of my favorite movies of all time.
2: I've never seen it.
3: You have to watch it, <laughs>
2: okay. I
3: know you don't like sci fi with your uh uh Star Wars hate, but this sci fi is about a man <laughs> that gets unthought in the future where every restaurant is taco Bell
2: is that a is that real Cody don't it's lie real don't it lie. is.
3: <laughs> It's Sylvester Stallone, um, Wesley Snipes, Sandra Bullock, a very young Rob Schneider. Uh, Jack Black's a, an extra in I it. I love Jack Black. He's an extra in it. Oh, my God.
2: Is Wanda Sykes in there anywhere? Or just
3: um, She's an extra in it. <laughs> I need to say anything. You haven't seen it?
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
3: Uh, So, yes, marry Sandra Bullock, uh, have sex with Kristen Chenoweth, and kill uh, Elizabeth Moss.
2: Yeah, I think I would do the exact same.
3: Mm -hmm. Not Um, that, I mean, I I like Elizabeth Moss's work. I like Invisible Man. I like uh, Get Him to the Greek.
2: Also haven't seen Invisible Man, but want to. Like, I definitely, that's one I've wanted to see for a while now.
3: It's it's good. It's quite good. Okay. Uh, but I just I haven't heard good things at all. So
2: about her, got it. Allegedly, allegedly, all I of this allegedly is- <laughs> haven't heard. <laughs> Wanda Sykes is allegedly in over the hedge <laughs> as her best film.
3: Honestly, uh, that could be allegedly. Like I have no idea who's in over the hedge. I have no idea why anyone watched it it was a good
2: movie that's why if I you i think
3: bruce willis is in there
2: oh is he huh. yeah he's the lead
3: guy it says here yeah. interesting um, um i
2: only remember wanda because she stole the fucking show
3: <laughs> it's got a lot of crotchety old men in it mm-hmm. nick nolte will mm-hmm. william shatner mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. bruce willis gary shandling um, Wanda you, had to breathe some air in this thing. Avril Lavigne's a voice in it? What yeah, the hell is going is, on? Yeah.
2: She plays a possum. <laughs> I like how you knew that, but you yeah, didn't know yeah, the lead yeah.
3: was Bruce Willis. <laughs> no,
2: didn't care. <laughs> I'm all about my female empowerment in this movie. Um, you didn't. You you need to tell me out of the your options what your choices would have been.
3: Well, did you agree with me?
2: Yes, I, I said that's what I would have done. Oh, is marry Sandra Bullock have sex with Kristen and kill Elizabeth Elizabeth Moss.
3: Um I'm going to marry Chris Hemsworth and consistently have sex with him. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Is that the option? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: You could say that.
3: <laughs> and then I'm killing the other two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I I would kill Daniel Radcliffe, I guess. I don't oh. I've never been a Harry Potter fan.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I know I, it's good between the two of us. We can really piss off a couple big markets: Star Wars, yeah, and totally, Harry Potter. <laughs> totally. Um, but I've never been a Harry Potter guy, so I don't know.
2: Okay, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so you're gonna kill Harry Potter, and then you'll you'll have sex with Sean.
3: Yeah, I guess so. Okay, I think maybe we'll do it anyway.
2: Yeah, maybe, maybe when he comes to Comedy Bar.
3: And then I'll just be, we'll be in bed and I'll be spinning my hair and I'll be like, does this mean I can marry Chris Hemsworth now?
2: (laughs) And then Chris Hemsworth comes in and he's like, yes, will you marry me? (laughs) I
3: actually, one story, one story more. I almost forgot about that. I do have a Chris Hemsworth story.
2: Tell me everything.
3: (laughs) I don't, I don't think I've told this on the podcast yet. Okay. So, um, I first moved to Toronto, right? And it was in mm-hmm. September. It was while TIFF was going on. Mm-hmm. And, and I lived kind of close at the time to where they do like the Ryerson Theater for movies uh, for TIFF, right? Okay. So at the time, there was a Sears in the Eaton Center. And I went into the Sears and I got this like giant fan and i was carrying it home and i passed ryerson and outside of the theater i don't remember if he was smoking but he was standing outside of like the back door of the theater and i looked at him and just as happy as can be went
1: thor
3: and then he did like and then he kind of did the voice and he was like that looks heavy and i was like yeah and i just kept walking
2: I love him. You missed a huge opportunity to have said, I'm your biggest fan.
3: <laughs> I did miss that. I did miss that. I like just that awkwardly saying, yeah, and then just walking yeah. away from him. No, up. of course.
2: That's way funnier. <laughs> yeah. Bye. <laughs> um, my friend once, when she worked, her and I both worked in Yorkville, um, right by... Uh, I don't know if you know where Pusateri's is right down there. Uh, no. Okay. There's the grocery store Pusateri's down on Yorkville. Very, very fancy place. Yeah. Too fancy.
3: F- why would I know about that?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I know Sobeys. You're a Sobeys. celebrity. You're <laughs> a celebrity. <laughs> um, and so I guess the one day when she was working down there, Beyonce was at a restaurant. And she had found out, and she's uh, the biggest Beyonce fan I've ever seen in my life. So she decided she's going to go stand outside of the restaurant and (laughs) wait for Beyonce, Jay-Z, and Blue Ivy to come out of the (laughs) restaurant. And then there was a huge crowd of people eventually found out. So they were also all waiting. And then as soon as they stepped out, she... I asked her I'm like did you say anything to her and she's like I blacked out but I just all I can remember is that I kept yelling repeatedly you're so beautiful you're so beautiful (laughs) (laughs) which just makes me laugh she's probably like yeah I know (laughs) (laughs) I'm Beyonce (laughs) anyway well oh god (laughs) right well, here's that awkward pause. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
3: <laughs> Is there anything else we can talk about?
2: <laughs> we went to see Vengeance the other day.
3: <laughs> That's true. We did see each other in person the other day with we did. Uh, Nicolini Savoncini. Yeah,
2: she you know, she's a tag along. She came with
3: <laughs> Yeah. It's just like, uh, oh, why'd you have to bring this loser?
2: <laughs> she has her pants full
3: of shit. I have to cut that out. <laughs> Her pants are full of shit. This is her mind. It's stinking up the whole theater. BJ Novak can smell it.
2: BJ was so mad at us because we were late
3: for the movie. Mm-hmm. It was embarrassing for us. Yeah, it, was. It, was it was. embarrassing was... for the rest of us. You were so late.
2: Pushed his limit. He was so upset. <laughs> he was like, I've had it a <laughs> I will take my vengeance out on you, is what he said. <laughs> And then they made a movie about it. It was really good. <laughs> yeah.
3: it's, it's interesting that you inspired the movie while we were sitting watching the premiere.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was actually just a live reel of me and BJ fighting about me being late to his movie. <laughs> yeah.
3: Him and Ashton Kutcher ran out yeah. with a film camera and were like, we'll, we'll show you
2: <laughs> yeah. one of
3: those old wind-up ones, too. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and everyone saw <laughs> all right well thank you guys for listening to paranormal we appreciate you and uh cody's going to be back next week i hope for a hometown haunt we'll see (laughs) (laughs) and in the meantime uh i'll send cody a photo of my dad who looks like robert de niro and you guys stay spooky (laughs) Bye 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 bye
0: This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.
1: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.